So in order to achieve optimal health, it's important to have healthy foods within reach and keep your kitchen stocked with foods that are going to build your health rather than building disease, especially considering the current environment that we're all in. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show, where you'll learn how to get your mind right so that your body will follow. I'm Trudy Stone, certified culinary nutritionist, TV guest expert, and author. After self-hacking my mind and body to lose 30 pounds, I now help busy, overwhelmed women use stress as their superpower so that they can rise above it and become more calm, resilient, and physically fit. Each week, not only will you learn nutrition and stress management habits, you'll also learn about the power of food to enhance your mental and physical well-being and how to overcome your battles with living a healthier lifestyle. The secret to eating healthier, improving your mood, and increasing your energy are not only about what you put in your stomach, it's also about what's going on in your brain. So congratulations on showing up. I promise to support you on your health journey with every single episode. Let's begin. Welcome to the Mind Your Body Show. This is culinary nutritionist Trudy Stone, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in today. Have you ever wondered, how do I know what's actually healthy? Are eggs good for me or are they bad for me? What about coffee? Is that good for me or is that bad for me? Eating and living healthy can be very confusing, but it doesn't have to be. March is Nutrition Month, so in honor of Nutrition Month, I thought I would share some tips on how you can know what's actually healthy so that you can make smarter, more informed choices to help you hit your health goals and to remove some of the overwhelm when it comes to eating healthier. There are a lot of foods out there that have a health halo, but are actually some of the worst foods for you. So today I'll share how to know what's actually healthy and how to get into the habit of choosing foods that will help to improve your health so that you can feel sexy and confident and your absolute best. I get it. 2020 was rough to say the least, and you probably want to get back in control of your healthy eating habits, but you're not sure how. Let me say this, as you embark on this journey of building healthier habits, I want you to reflect and remember a time when you felt healthy. Chances are you were there once before and you can get there again and this time around will be even better. Odds are that you probably already even know the foods that you should be eating, but you just need some help with putting it into practice in a practical way and also making those changes stick. Since I'm not one to sugarcoat things, there will be some sacrifice when eating healthier. So I want you to be prepared for that, but please just keep an open mind. But sacrifice, it doesn't have to mean depriving yourself. You just need to adjust your perception. Now, look, it's not about being perfect. So that's not the key takeaway here. Really, it's about consistency. And that's why I love this quote from Tony Robbins. And he says, and I quote, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives, but what we do consistently. So here are some things to look out for to know what's actually healthy. Now, this is a big one. We're going to spend a little bit of time here. Always read the ingredients label. And notice I said the ingredients label, not the nutrition fact panel. The ingredients tell a much better story about what's actually going on in your, in your food that you're eating, as well as what you're putting on your plate and ultimately into your mouth. So be sure to read the labels carefully since sugar, for example, goes by lots of different names. So if you do buy packaged foods, look at the ingredient list with a close eye to look at all the different ways in which manufacturers disguise sugar in their products. 
Now, sugar is lurking in many foods you wouldn't even suspect, like diet foods, um, ketchup, crackers, dressings, pasta sauces, canned soup, and so much more. Here are some things to look out for on those labels when it comes to sugar. You might want to write this down or, you know, maybe go back and listen to this again. But um, anything with the word agave, anything with the word corn, like high fructose corn syrup. And I talked about this back in episode. I can't remember the episode number, but it was about um, quitting sugar or minimizing your sugar. So go back and listen to that. I'll link it in the show notes. So anything with the word corn, like high fructose corn syrup or corn sweetener, um, any derivative of rice, unless it's vinegar, like brown rice syrup, anything that begins with the word cane, like cane juice or cane syrup, any word with the suffix oats, so like fructose, dextrose, maltose, um, sucrose, things like that, anything with the word malt, like malt syrup or flow malt, and this goes without saying, but anything with the word sugar in it, like date sugar, beet sugar, brown sugar, anything like that. So if sugar or any of the terms I just mentioned are one of the first three ingredients on that ingredients label, just put it back on the shelf and walk away. Now let's talk about where the abundance of sugar is found in our diet. Beverages. Sugar-sweetened beverages are the main source of added sugar in the standard American diet. And those who consume the most sweetened drinks have the highest rates of obesity, heart disease, and cancer. You also want to pay attention to how long the list of ingredients are. A long and lengthy ingredient list, it should be a huge red flag that this food is not going to serve you, especially ingredients that you can't even pronounce, okay? Except for if it's quinoa. A lot of people can't pronounce quinoa, but more on that later. Um, So you also want to look at the expiration date. If your food isn't going to go bad for a long time, chances are it's filled with ingredient fillers, preservatives, and artificial ingredients um, so that it it often has a longer shelf life. Uh, Watch out for claims. So terms like all natural typically are not regulated depending on what country you live in. So this gives manufacturers the license to be crafty um, and really use it how they please. So all natural foods can easily contain chemicals and other ingredients that are definitely not considered natural. So you'll typically see this on things like cereals, um, protein bars, and healthy, and I'm you know putting up air quotes here, healthy snack foods. And I often say that the more of those little bursts or claims that you see on the outside of the package is the more likely that there's some shady stuff going on in there that you'll probably want to avoid. Then there's trans fats, and we'll probably need an entire episode on this one. Trans fats were introduced about 100 years ago, so our bodies really haven't caught up with how to process these in our body. And I talk all about this in my Shed and Shred program, um, you know, just how to understand your biology and how to get your fat cells to work for you versus working against you. Um, that's coming up soon, so I'll, I'll tell you guys more about that in the weeks to come. But people were introduced to trans fats um, and were told to cook with them long before they were ever actually studied, which means we started adding them to our diet in massive amounts, really, without knowing how they would really affect us. So margarine is one of those foods that typically contain trans fats and was actually invented when there was a butter shortage. Now, here's the thing about trans fats. Trans fats are cheap to make. Um, They were cheap to make back then and still are now. And they also give foods a longer shelf life. Trans fats, however, also increase LDL, which cause inflammation in the body, leading to illnesses like diabetes, obesity, and may even increase your risk of cancer. You'll also find them in a lot of prepackaged snacks and vegetable shortenings. So trans fats were supposed to be phased out um, a few years ago, but some products might still have them. So just beware, just making sure you're checking the label. 
Then there's serving sizes, and this is where a lot of people get tripped up. So the serving size is at the top of the nutrition facts table. All of the information in the nutrition facts table is based on this amount. So you want to look at it. Maybe you want to even do this now as you're listening to me, if you happen to be you know, close to your kitchen. You want to look at serving sizes on food labels because in most cases, the serving size on the label is less than what you're actually eating. So for example, if the serving size listed is one cup, but you actually ate two cups, you need to double all of the amounts listed in the nutrition facts label. Then there's the percent daily value. So the percent daily value shows you if a food has a little of a nutrient or a lot of a nutrient. So, you know, 5% daily value or less is little of a nutrient. Um, 15% daily value or more is a lot of a nutrient. So the, you know, the percent daily value is really meant to act as a benchmark to determine if that food is high or low in a certain nutrient. So try to get less of these nutrients, saturated fat, trans fat, sodium, and cholesterol, and try to get more of these nutrients, fiber, vitamin A, vitamin C, iron, and calcium. So speaking of what to get more of, now that you know a little bit more of what to look out for on nutrition labels, you might be wondering, okay, well, what should I eat? Okay, so here are some foods that you should start adding to your diet. Now, if I can make a single dietary recommendation to people looking to get healthier, it would be to add more plant-based foods to your diet. Eating more plants has been the best change I've made in my diet and the best healthy habit I've developed after losing 30 pounds. Ever since I've minimized the processed foods and switched to a whole real food approach, I've lost weight, I've kept it off, I have more energy, and I just feel and look more youthful. At least I think I do. <laughs> so in addition to weight loss, the benefits of plant-based eating are insane. Whether you want to start with itty bitty baby steps or go completely plant-based or go cold tofurkey. Did you just see what I said there? Tofurkey? Anyways, <laughs> uh, the choice really is yours. So it doesn't mean plants all day, every day. It's simply about incorporating more fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, and nuts into your diet most of the time. So think about adding things to your diet rather than subtracting. Overall, you'll benefit by consuming more vitamins, nutrients, minerals, fiber, antioxidants, and less processed foods and less damaging fats. So let's talk about meat for a second because it really is a hung jury on whether to completely eliminate meat fish, and dairy. However, there are some startling statistics on the effects of meat on your health that really shouldn't be completely ignored. So I get it. Some people may you know, need or want to eat some amounts of meat or fish. However, most medical professionals would agree that consuming more fresh fruits and vegetables leads to a healthier and happier life. So there's no disputing that. So if you're going to consume meat, especially if you're eating a lot of it, I want you to look out for things like antibiotic-free, grass-fed, or organic. And I really love Dr. Mark Hyman's approach to incorporating meat. And he says to think of meat as condiment. So meaning look at meat as more of a condiment. So what does this look like? Well, filling your plate with at least 75% phytonutrient-rich, colorful, non-starchy veggies and use meat as a condiment. Or, you know, as he likes to say, condom meat. So Dr. Hyman also talks about eating pegan, which is another phrase that he's coined as well. He's really good at coining these little, you know, cool little phrases. But, um, you know, going pegan is simply just combining the best traits of paleo and vegan. 
So this is the way that I actually personally eat. So I'll place the link in the show notes below if you want to learn a little bit more about this way of eating. So let's talk about some additional reasons why you might want to follow a plant-based diet. And I got four reasons for you. Tired of eating the same thing? Do you hate meal planning? Do you wish you could plan healthy meals faster and less time? Get instant access to my ultimate meal planning toolkit for healthy eating success. In the free toolkit, you'll receive meal planning best practices and hacks so that you can stop feeling stuck. A meal planning template to keep you organized, a list of the healthiest foods to help you meet your health goals, and healthy recipes so that you can take back control of your health and get into the habit of planning meals more consistently. You can grab the free guide by clicking on the link in the show notes or by heading to trudyestone.com forward slash meal prep. Okay, so in addition to weight loss, you'll definitely want to believe the hype surrounding plant-based eating. So number one, it helps to prevent heart disease. So heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women in North America. But heart disease is one of many illnesses that actually can be controlled through diet. And one person that's researched and practiced this extensively is Dr. Caldwell Esselstein. So Dr. Esselstein has been associated with the Cleveland Clinic since 1968. So you know that clinic, that's the one that's been rated as one of the best in the world for cardiology and heart surgery care. So he successfully treated numerous patients suffering from heart disease with a plant-based approach. So his nutrition-based therapy has been scientifically proven to reverse heart disease. So yes, in spite of what you've been told, heart disease is reversible. His approach also prevents heart disease from manifesting in those who don't yet even have the disease. So how is this possible? Well, let's talk about what plant foods contain, and that will help you to understand a little bit more. So plant plant foods, plant foods, I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm recording this early in the morning and no coffee yet. I digress. But plant foods have an abundance of potassium and vitamin B6, which are known to lower blood pressure. Um, nuts, seeds, legumes, veggies, fruit, and whole grains contain crazy amounts of potassium and vitamin B6. Animal foods and dairy products in comparison only have a wee amount to little potassium and in fact can actually raise blood pressure and cholesterol due to saturated fats. A study in the Journal of Family Practice on plant-based diets included almost 200 people with cardiovascular disease. It found that 177 of them were able to stick to the diet for an average of almost four years. So during that time, only one person had a stroke. And in contrast, 13 of the 21 people who didn't stick to the diet experienced a cardiovascular event. So I could go on and on with the studies, but there are numerous studies that have proven that plant-based eating has overwhelming positive effects on treating heart disease. Number two, cancer prevention. Even just two weeks of eating a plant-based diet may increase your body's defense against cancer. A study conducted by Loma Linda University and Loma Linda, California is one of the blue zones and the blue zones are areas of the world where people live the longest. So that study found that vegans have lower rates of cancer than both meat eaters and vegetarians. Vegan women, for example, had 34% lower rates of female specific cancer, such as breast, cervical and ovarian cancer. Look, I'm not telling you that you have to give up meat because in complete transparency, I eat meat occasionally myself, okay? You're an adult, so you can do whatever you want to do. 
Okay. But my diet is made mainly up of plant-based foods. So I kind of eat more of that pegan way where it's meat is more of like a condiment. So I don't really eat a lot of it. It's filling my plate with mostly plant-based foods. And then occasionally I might add meat. Okay. So that's how I eat. I'm not telling you have to eat how I eat, but that's just how, just giving you an example of how I kind of incorporated into my life. So what I really want you to take away here is that the importance of adding, okay? So we're thinking about adding. We're not thinking about the things we can't have. That's a deprivation mindset that's going to keep you stuck where you are. So what I really want you to take away here is the importance of adding. So adding more fruits, vegetables, and non-meat alternatives. I've listed some in my free meal planning toolkit that you can check out. So again, not all meat is bad. So that's not the takeaway here. If you do decide to consume animal protein, please make sure that it's organic if possible and has been raised in a humane way and has been fed a natural diet. So again, some things to look out for are organic, pasture-raised, free range, wild-caught, grass-fed, antibiotic-free. All right, so number three, number three reason why you wanna add more plants. Plants are the fountain of youth and longevity, okay? So I'm not one to brag, but many have asked about my skin and what I use. Now, I've never been one for fancy creams and expensive bottles. I firmly believe that plants are at the root of it. Do you you guys see what I just did there again? Root? Anyways, I digress. (laughs) So eat up those salads, guys, because the lycopene in tomatoes, for example, helps to protect your skin from sun damage. Vitamin C in sweet potatoes smooths out those pesky wrinkles by stimulating the production of collagen. That's right. You need vitamin C to produce collagen. Okay. So let's talk about some of the top foods for, you know, smooth as a baby's bottom skin. Okay. Avocados, raw nuts, leafy greens, artichokes, blueberries. Okay. So the biggest problem that plants help with, um, or the biggest skin problem, I should say, that plants help with is inflammation. So we're talking about things like um, irritation, sensitivity, rosacea, and redness. So in fact, the benefits of plants and reducing inflammation in our bodies, that's a topic all on its own. Now, when you consume more fruits and veggies, you also increase your fiber and your water intake. And this is something I've talked about multiple times on the television. So um, City Line, if you've ever caught me on City Line, that TV show, I'm a huge fan of talking about those anti-inflammatory foods. And then also those foods that have a high water content to bulk up your diet. Okay. Now, this is going to help to move things along in your body more quickly. And it's also going to help you to detoxify your entire body on the daily naturally. Okay. And what are you going to get in return? Okay. You're going to get clearer, glowing, more beautiful skin. Okay. So add more of those plants to your diet. And the fourth reason why you might want to add more plants to your diet is because it's cheaper. Beans, lentils, and grains. These are some of the cheapest foods that you can buy. And I'm sure that you discovered that during the pandemic when you were trying to go to the grocery store, you know, stock up on some of those beans and lentils and the shelves were empty, right? Um, there are also foods that can be cooked in larger batches and saved for lunches or dinners the following day. You can even add them to breakfast as well. Like sometimes I'll do like a breakfast um, shakshuka where I'll do like maybe some tomatoes, um, some like fire roasted tomatoes maybe, or, or some salsa. I'll add some black beans in there and some eggs. Okay. So even think beyond like dinner and lunch, you can add beans to your breakfast as well. Okay. So if you think that you're saving time and money by rolling through the Mickey D's drive through think again with real whole foods, you can feed yourself or your family a week's worth of home cooked meals for way less than you would spend at a greasy food joint. Okay. 
So I talk about how to throw together healthy meals more quickly and my free meal planning toolkit, which you can grab in the show notes. I'll place a link in the show notes for you so you can grab that free ebook and download that right away. Okay, so you're probably thinking, all right, if I do what this lady suggests and if I eat more plant-based foods, where in the heck will I get my protein from? So the answer is yes, you can absolutely get protein from plant-based foods. So this is probably the major concern and the biggest myth that people face when wanting to add more plant-based foods to their diets. So let's kill this right now. Now, here's the thing. Animal protein is considered a complete protein, meaning that it contains all of the necessary amino acids your body needs to make new protein, since animal protein are more similar to the ones found in our own bodies. Plant-based proteins may not contain all of the essential amino acids that our bodies need, so it's important to eat a variety of plant-based foods, such as leafy greens, beans, and nuts to get all of your protein needs. Um, Quinoa is also another one, actually, that's a complete protein. So that one's a complete plant-based protein all on its own. So I provide a list of, you know, all of these different plant-based protein sources in my free meal planning toolkit, again, which you can grab that in the show notes below. I've just placed a link to that, and it's absolutely free, Okay. So let's talk about stocking your kitchen, all right? So in order to achieve optimal health, it's important to have healthy foods within reach and keep your kitchen stocked with foods that are going to build your health rather than building disease, especially considering the current environment that we're all in. So in my free meal planning toolkit, I've given you some guidelines on how to build your pantry with health-promoting foods, which you can do at your own pace. Okay, you don't need to run out and buy everything in the guide all at once. Test the waters by trying out one or two new foods each week. And I've even included healthy recipes in the guide and a meal planning template so that you can take back control of your health and get into the habit of planning meals more consistently. So again, I've linked that up for you in the show notes below. So make sure to find me on Instagram and let me know how you enjoyed this episode if you've downloaded the free meal planning toolkit and which of the recipes in the meal planning toolkit you're going to make, which of the foods you're going to start adding to your diet. And also please make sure if you enjoyed this episode, if you've enjoyed any episode of the mind your body show, I want to encourage you to subscribe if you haven't done that already. And please go ahead and leave a review. Leaving a review is really important to the success of this show. It helps me to reach more people. It helps me to impact more lives. It helps me to help other people, including yourself, to eat healthier. So please go ahead if you haven't already and subscribe and make sure to leave me a review. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Body Show. I hope that you learned something new to help you transform your life and your body. For more after the show, make sure to head over to TrudyEStone.com. That's where you'll find all of the show notes. Also make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave us a rating to let us know what you thought about the episode. And remember, get your mind right and your body will follow. Thanks for tuning in.